This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. I am a hassle. Ian's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. When you yell, sometimes things fly out of your mouth. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Anthony. Anthony. Let's go to Anthony. Anthony. Yep. Bet you didn't expect this today. No. We've had quite the day. ENN is brought to you by Security Dodge. See Michelle Scalisi and come get some. Come sure. get some! Yeah! And just to get it out of the way, shop 24-7 at securitydodge.com during their President's Day sales event because I'm told now, right. Michael and yeah. Don, yeah. that in three minutes, Sean Marks will get to the podium and we will hear from the GM what? of the Brooklyn Nets on what has transpired over the last 48 hours Wait with their a minute. head are coaching you, Are situation. you sure? Is, I is don't this know. certain? I don't know. Is this a start time or a window? I think it's a window. Oh. I think it's a, at the present moment, it's a half open window. I think it's a window into the soul, Don. Uh, yeah. That's. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like what I see. And by the way, thanks for the text. Uh, Very that, interesting stuff. Yeah. What happened? So, so what is that? I mean, is it a better story now that you know the names? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Yes. What's better, the starlet or the player? Um. I gotta tell you, I think the player is a bit of a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't say we said what's better. <laughs> but the starlet is the better uh, the, the the name. Yes, that's terrific stuff. All right, so I'm told that he is speaking now. All right, let's really? go to Nets GM Sean Marks. All right, Sean. I know parting ways with the coach isn't never easy. Can you explain what went into that decision to move forward without Jock Vaughn? Yeah, thanks, Mike. You know, I think first and foremost, I, I do want to thank Jacques for um, for his time, his leadership, and the commitment that he's shown. Uh, you know, for the last sort of couple of seasons with us as a head coach, and then obviously his entire time here with the Brooklyn Nets. It's been a, it's been a, a fun partnership. We've had our ups and downs, like like every uh, organization and so forth. But uh, I look back very fondly on the time with JV, and I want to thank he and. Laura and their boys for their commitment to the organization and, and the community and, and, and the team as, as a whole. So, um, you know, we owe them a lot for that. You know, what goes into decisions like this, as you said, they're, they're never easy ones. Um, they're ones that I, I certainly do not take lightly. Um, you know, you, you hope you don't have to make these decisions. Um, but at the end of the day, we're, we're in a uh, results-driven business. And, you know, I look back and I say, well, you know, this isn't where this team needs to be, and this is not the direction that, uh, that we need to be heading in. So that's when you have to make these tough decisions, and, um, and you move on from here, and it, hopefully it sends a message to not only the group of players out there on the court, but it sends a message to the fan base, it sends a message to this organization as a whole, that um, uh, our expectations are, are, are more than what, they, uh, what we're currently living up to. I know you mentioned about this team not being where it needed to be, but why make that decision right now at this juncture of the season? You know, I think a couple of things. You know, when you have the All-Star break fall where it did, um, it gives us a time to uh, reflect a little bit, look back, and sort of take a deep breath and say, okay, well, where are we heading to? What have we got? What, what's out in front of us? And with 28 games to go and, and, and 55 ga- uh, days before, before the playoffs start, um, it, it's time where we can get some movement with this group. And the expectations for uh, Kevin is the is – the, as the new head coach here is, is to come in and get that movement to get help and you know he won't be doing it alone it'll, it'll be a it'll be a, uh, a team effort with obviously the front office performance and everybody else we're all striving for the same thing at the end of the day 
How much did the loss in Boston right before the All-Star break factor into your decision making? Yeah, I think that's one thing. I, I think it would be a, a little silly of me to say, well, it was it was that and that was it. I think when you when you get to a juncture here and you've had the last two months that, to be, as I said before, quite frankly, have we have not had the results that we wanted to have. Um, you know, again, you look at the grand scheme of things and you look at the record over the last couple of months and you look at the direction of the team and where it's, you know, potentially trending. Um, this was an opportunity to make us, you know, make a change at this particular juncture. Uh, not just one. There was no one event that I look back and say, well, it was then or then or this. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a group of, it's, we look at it globally, I would say. Sean, you talk about the grand scheme of things. What do, what do the players need to do? What do, does the, you know, the team and you need to do to make this the kind of attractive place? I mean, that you, you get free agents. I mean, where you were a couple of years ago. What do you need to yeah, do? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I think first and foremost, uh, we all need to take accountability for this. I need to take accountability. I mean, the, the roster is my responsibility. Like, so, you know, I, I'm not shying away from that. And, um, you, you know, when you have to make a decision like moving off a head coach you know it, it's not entirely JV's fault here I mean this this is we can all look in the mirror and say well what could we have done differently what could we do better uh, I think we do need to get back to playing hard and competing I mean that's what the borough of Brooklyn um, deserves and rightfully so and uh, I think we've seen that in the past where we've had a group of young men go out there and compete and have a chip on their shoulder you've heard me mention that before I think that's really important that that that's how guys approach uh, their season, and both individually as a group and a team, and we haven't done that so far this season. So I hope there is movement in that regard, where that's in a, Brooklyn becomes, you know, a destination, a more of attractive place for free agents to play. I'm not overly concerned about that. I think we've done it before. We've shown we can attract top-tier free agents, so forth. But right now, our focus is going to be on this group of young men, developing them and making sure that they put themselves in the greatest place to succeed. Sean, you Sean, said you that there wasn't couple... one moment that you could look back on and say this would be different. It's, very, it's been a very obvious change in the way you guys have played since December 27th until now. You're 500 to that point. You're 6-18 and 18 since then. Um, with that game in Milwaukee, how much responsibility do you take for the decision to rest those players in that game, which in the past, Jacques Vaughn has said was his decision? And do you think you've lost the team with the way that game is played and the way it's played out since then? Yeah, look, I, I know that's being talked about. I, I, firstly, I don't think we lost the team that day. I think there were there were comments made, obviously, and and I appreciate the fact that, you know, players want to play. They want to play in, in night in and night out. Um, again, I don't think there's that was one decision that uh, that ultimately affected won the record or won this decision to this day. I think a lot of things went into that term. So. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when we make decisions, you know, like to, you know, sit a guy out or what have you, there's a reason behind that. And, you know, many of those guys uh, who were out were hurt that day. I mean, and, and I think when JV looks at it and says, hey, Sean, like, you know, what are we going to do? Are we Are going to play, you know, uh, you know, a group that isn't at full strength or even close to being at full strength against a team? We're looking at, again, globally. We're looking at long term, what's the best thing for this organization? long-term, not just one game. So was that, was that fully his call, then? Oh, I think that everything here was made as a team call. Yeah, not, not just JV. Did you canvas the feeling in the locker room before you made this decision, or did some of the players come to you to express their opinions? No, when you make a decision like this, you know, I'm soaking as much of this in. I, I obviously, you know, talk to Joe a lot about these decisions, but this decision was, was not, we were not involving players in this decision at all. 
Sean, you uh, you talked about accountability that you've got to take some. What, yeah. Do you feel pressure now to get this next coach right? You've co you've fired several coaches now. Um, you know. Is there, I, feel, is there a I feel pressure at you know, 5 a.m. every morning. So every morning when you wake up, there's pressure. And I think that's the only way to do it. Like, I mean, I, I hope we all feel pressure. It's, it's pro sports. But, you know, I don't take it lightly. Um, you know, when you, when you have, uh, have to have moved on from a coach, um, you've got to reflect and then say, okay, well, what went wrong? What could I have done differently? What could we have done differently? Do we support him enough? Do we have the right roster? Um, so, again, as I said, I absolutely take accountability, um, you know, for the roster and, and you, you debrief on this and reflect on it say, okay, the, our objective now is to find the right coach for, for this group of young men and what, what it looks like moving forward for that guy. Sean, looking ahead globally, you, you, looking ahead globally, like you say about the team, you've had Kenny, you've had Steve that are first-year guys. Just curious, looking ahead, I know Kevin Ollie right now is a first-time coach, but do you say to yourself, well, maybe now we need a guy that's had previous head coaching experience versus a guy that would be coming in as a first-time guy? Like, is there a mandate to have someone that's that's had previous coaching experience? Yeah, there's definitely not a mandate to have that. I, I, I'd hate to already cut the field down. I think it's really important that we cast a very wide uh, search web for this. Uh, it, it'll be the same thing we've done in the past, I and mean, we've had very robust searches in the past. Um, I, I hope we have the same one here. We've got, we've got time. I mean, I'm here to support Kevin. I mean, that's, that's the, the main job right now is to support him and, and this current staff. Um, we'll look at a, veras, a vast variety of of candidates, you know, like always, you know, they're not going to be publicized. I don't do that. So I know you guys are going to ask, like, well, it was he, was she, you know, were they part of this search firm? That's just not the way we work here. You mentioned you talked about Kevin Ollie, and we've heard the players talk about what he's meant to this crew, this group this season. What did you see in him that made him the right choice to be the interim head coach? Yeah, it's been it's been fun to to watch Kevin grow and watch his um, and really hear his voice. You know, his, he's always carried a great voice in there. He's very direct with the players. Um, he does hold them accountable. Um, I've enjoyed watching his scouting reports in this, and you know, he's he's played and won at a very high level. So uh, there's after you know a 13-year coaching career. I think there's very few, uh, sorry, playing career, I, I think there's very few things he hasn't seen or hasn't been a part of. So I think what makes a good coach is to be able to put yourself in those players' shoes, be able to tell great stories and be brutally honest with guys. And I think those are attributes that, that Kevin absolutely has. Beyond the specifics of wins and losses, what are some things over the past several weeks you haven't liked in terms of what's gone on in terms of the play on the court? And what are you hoping to see change as you hope to have things turn around the other way over the next few weeks? Yeah, I, I talked a little bit before, you know, it's about the level of compete. You know, um, you know, we're not going to be the most talented team in the league. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm not, you know, an idiot. I totally understand that. But at the same time, um, this is a talented group of young men out there, and I, I think there's plays and. Uh, my expectations, and I think their expectations should be to hold each other accountable to do all the little things, the effort plays, you know, the loose balls, the contested shots and so forth, diving on the floor. I mean, these are things that should be expected. When you're, when you're in, the, in the place that we're at right now where we're um, clawing and grappling for every single thing we can, that's what I would hope to see over these next, you know, 28 games. And that's probably, to be quite frank, some things I haven't seen. You know, the level of effort and the level of compete has not always been there. John, how concerned are you that there is 
keeping this level of continuity because obviously 22-23, Steve gets fired, you bring Jock in, you have the trade, now you have this. How concerned are you that the continuity can continue with so much change really over the last 15 months or so? Yeah, I think our ultimate goal is to certainly have continuity. You know, we'd love to see that. I think we've we've looked around the league and looked at a variety of different sports and, and things change, you know, all the time. You know, that's certainly not the model that we want. And when we, you know, when we bring in, whether it was Steve or, or, or JV, there were reasons why they were brought in. And, um, you, you know, I think it's it's about the particular roster they, that they were coaching at the time. I mean, I think you look back and JV's record last year and, and he'd done a heck of a job, you know. I mean, the guys were... Um, fully bought into him and they were behind him and there was a great winning record there with those guys so you know I think you just look at what roster you have and what sort of the time horizon you have and th- that'll tell us what coach we need to be looking for and and not only the coach but what players will be here long term. To, to Evan's point obviously you've had a lot of turnover in the last year and change is there a concern that when you look when you start talking to coaches and free agents they may think that this is an organization that's that's in state. That's not stable. You know, I, I would hope not. I mean, I think it's in, in some way it's pro sports. It's unfortunately the world we live in. I couldn't have predicted the last five or six years, like none of us in this room could have predicted. So the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows that not only we've gone through, but everybody's gone through. I think I could make you know every excuse, but my job isn't up here to say, well, we all had to go through this, that, or the other, and the continuity from injury and, and so forth. So I'm going to move on from that, focus on, on these guys right now. And uh, you know, as I said, we've, we've shown the ability to put this franchise you know, at the top of the map, and th- th- that's the plan to do again. And, and we want this to be a destination where not only uh, free agents want to come, but where we can develop our own guys. And we've shown we've done that in the past. We want to do that again. And you know, we've got our own free agents to recruit. We've got, we've got to show them that there's a path to win here, and that's really, really important, not only for them, but for our fan base as well. Sean, with this being this upcoming coaching search being your fourth during your time as GM, does that make you reevaluate the process that you've gone through in the past in hiring head coaches given the amount of turnover in that time? You know, I think you always reevaluate whatever your process may be. From draft to draft, you, re, you, know, you know, sort of debrief on it. You look at it and say, well, what could we have done different? You look at the same free agency, same for hiring, you know. So I think we'll definitely look at this. Um, you know, we, we've got some time. As I said before, we're going to here to support Kevin, and, uh, and uh, it, it'll be fun to watch how this team grows under him. But 100%, we have to look at what the candidates that we look at for, you know, how they translate not only the rest of this season but for, for into next year, you know, and, and that'll determine, you know, who is going to lead this franchise in the future. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know, we've heard a lot of Sean, and yeah. I, I got, and you can obviously continue to listen or watch it on the Yes Network as they will carry the whole thing. He didn't say anything. He said one thing to me that got my attention. They didn't play hard. So he's putting that on Jock Vaughn. Now, if you look at the right. dysfunction on, on JV, the Nets, on JV, on, 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 on Jock Vaughn, JV, yes. Uh, oh. if, if you look at if you look at that. The guy was three games over 500 as a coach of the Nets, 0-8 in the playoffs. He was not handed a great team. 
So you could say, well, it wasn't just one thing. That 50-point loss, they bagged it on the coach. They bagged it on the coach. Now you're going to blame the coach. And this this is a classic case. Can't blame all the players. So let's get rid of the coach. He has failed repeatedly in the coaches that he should have never fired Atkinson. He got in a guy, Steve Nash, that was brought in simply because of Kevin Durant. That was a major failure. I, I mean, a lot of it goes on Sean Marks, but nobody asked Sean, sure why do you still have a job? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I guess that would be something to ask Josiah. But I always look at the people that cover the team on a daily basis to get the vibe of what's going on. And the amount of questions that were asked about the load management against the Bucks tells me that that was a serious thing. And even Sean admitted that it was one of the things. But then at the same breath, he's saying that it was a collective decision to rest all of those players. And some of those players were legitimately hurt. But, Michael, didn't you get a sense that that was a big deal considering there were three or four questions asked specifically about that game against the Bucks? Well, I think it was a gigantic deal because they've been a miserable team since that point. And, and I told you this the other day, and whether you all want to believe it or not, the Nets are, are so analytically driven – and JV, as Sean Marks called them, really listened to everything they told them to do. He didn't want to rest everybody that game. He's the guy who takes the hit. They have been right. awful. I think they're 6-18 and 18 since that ridiculous decision to just give up a game. It, it, it worked out terribly. But it was the front office that told them to do it. And now you're going to put all the blame on him. I think the team gave up at that point. They said, why are we doing this? This doesn't make sense. You can't rest everybody at the well, same time. You're right. You just can't. But I just wonder, Michael, and this is something for baseball, too, because you say that managers now have a different function in the analytic world where it's about the relationships with the players. So is he being let go because he wasn't able to translate the message to the players and the players kind of gave up and they're blaming Vaughn on that? Was his job to send the message that this was okay, don't worry about it, and we're going to be a better team for it, and that he's being fired because he wasn't able to convert that message to the players? Well, I mean, one of the jobs of a, of a manager or a coach in the analytic world is to get your team to play hard for you. Right. And the fact that yeah. they didn't play hard, they gave up. I think they were down 10 nothing after a couple of minutes against Boston. They lost by 50 points. I think that was a real mark against Jock Vaughn, and they're going to blame him. Yeah. But I think the construction of the team is not good. I mean, even Sean Mark said, you know, he, he I'm not a fool. I understand this is not a great, but but you again, the coach is the he's 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 the culprit. He's the guy who takes all the blame, and that's that's what you sign up for when you're a coach. But the bottom line is, I mean, is Kevin Ollie going to be much better? Hey, if they play hard for him, but if you have players that just give up and don't play hard. Don't you believe that the, the, the fact that you got those players is part of the problem? Of course, but he's not going to fire himself, so you have to ask Cy, why are you still sticking with Sean Marks? Are you going to give him a fifth kick at the can to replace the coach? Now, if they go on and get a, a, a big-time coach this offseason, I guess you could say, well, we did it to kind of spur the team on. Jacques wasn't going to survive the offseason anyway. But if they end up giving it to Ali because they sneak into the play-in, then you wonder if they were ever going to make a move with Jacques if they didn't do it now. Would they just brought him back next year if he made the play in? And I think they're going to see send- what they're going to do. They're sending a message to the free agents to be on their team that it, it probably sounded like they didn't like playing for Vaughn. So uh-huh. I mean, you sit there, you open up the press conference, say what a great guy, you know, eight years, it was unbelievable, great family, and then you you, you fired him. So uh, again, I I think Sean Marks is a really smart basketball man, but he has made some pointed mistakes in his time on the Nets. 
I mean, to, to get rid of Kenny Atkinson when he did, it's it's it was it's just so wrong. Is because he, he got players that that ran the team. He listened to Durant and Irving, who did not like Kevin Kenny Atkinson, who really liked to coach hard. He's a hard guy. He coaches hard. And he, and he gets his players to play hard. And they brought in their preferred guy, Steve Nash, who had no experience as a basketball coach. Zero. None. Zero. And he was awful. He was awful. He was awful. And since then, it's been one bad thing after another. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they, they've, got a, they've got, as an organization, they have, they have a come-to-Jesus moment. I mean, why are these things happening? Why are we choosing the wrong coaches? Why are we getting players that don't play hard for a coach? Those are questions they have to ask God. themselves. I, you just and listen. You can go back. Revisionist history. If they didn't go for Durant and Kyrie, they were moving in the right direction. They had the right coach. It was a slow burn, but you wonder where this team would be right at this second if they didn't get Kyrie and Durant. They'd have to be in better shape than they are right now. They'd have to be. Well, I mean, they'd have well, a better coach. They would have been able to build towards something, and then it all got derailed for the big three. And they're going to be paying the piper for this for years. Well, I mean, if you want to point your finger at one guy, point it at Kyrie Irving. Because yeah. that's the guy that you decide. I mean, you, you almost accepted Kyrie Irving just to get Kevin Durant. That's the way it worked out. Yeah. And Kyrie Irving's a great player, but, you know, he, he talked his way out of Boston. He talked his way out of Cleveland. You knew something bad was going to happen in, in Brooklyn, and it exactly did. He submarined the whole thing, and that's where it all started to fall apart. You were building a great situation. You got yeah, you got rid of Jared Allen, the whole deal, and you made room for this guy. And I, I'm sorry, it's worked out poorly. And you let the players run the team. I know players like Garrett Cole and, 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 and Aaron Judge, they have a big say in what the Yankees do. They don't have the final say. There's no way that Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman are going to let a, a – a player or two players dictate to them what's happening. What the Nets did, they sold their soul to Durant and, and, and Irving, and they let them dictate policy, coach, the whole deal. And right. you know what? It blew up in their face. Hey, guys, Yes is back with us. Yeah, I know. Hi, Yes. Hi, Yes. Do you have anything that you really want to tell us about ENN? I know it's been abbreviated. Yes. Oh, well, you know, there's just so much to get to, and we have two and a half minutes before we have to toss it over to uh, – Madison Square Garden, where Don will be calling the game tonight. Pat O'Keefe on pregame with you at 6.30. Rangers stars. Rangers looking to extend their win streak, so make sure you stay tuned uh, for that. Um, Something coming out of the college football playoff, guys. Uh, They've unanimously approved the 5-7 format for the 12-team playoff. That means that the five highest-ranking conference champions will be put into the college football playoff, along with seven at-large bids. All will be determined by the selection committee. So that ensures that at least one team outside of the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, and SEC will make the 12-team field. You mean Notre Dame? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, because remember, we're talking about a conference, right? Now, I know that Notre Dame plays an ACC schedule, but they're not technically in the conference. Right, they're so they'll still be one of the at-large teams. They will certainly exactly. be one of those at-large teams if they're if they're eligible. What are your thoughts on a 12-team? Too much? Too little? Well, what Just would the it right be? amount? How many games would it be? We I don't at care t- how many teams. How many games would it be? That so. is a good question. I think some teams get buys, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, if you add one more game, uh, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think it w- maybe well, it might be two more games, though. But what it, what it does is when you had four, you know, the teams five and six could say, listen, I, I could win this national championship. Like Georgia really had a legitimate complaint not being in there. They probably would have had an excellent chance to win the national championship. Can team 13 have the same gripe? Can Team 14 have the same gripe? So They will. I think of the – Because well, Team 69 gripe. has the gripe. 
Right, no, yeah. right, but it's Team 69 winning the championship. It's Team 13 going to win the national championship. Team so, 5, yeah, I think they could, but can Team 13 and 14 feel the same way? Why don't you get in touch with Manfred? And you know what, guys? I think that's it for today. That's going to do it for ENN. You know Brought to you by Security Dodge. Shop 24-7 at securitydodge.com during their President's Day sales event. Can I, can I pat us on the back today, Don? Everything yes. that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong with the show, yes. technically. Mm-hmm. And it's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, people can't I turn away. Can't oh. turn away. And now if you're on the radio side, you can't turn away because Don's going to do the play-by-play in about a half hour. So stick around for that. He's back in the booth and better than ever. In the words of Billy Joel, life is a series of hellos and goodbyes. I'm afraid it's time for goodbye again. See, everybody, have a great night. Ranger Hockey next. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.